1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a
2: numbers game with Gil Alexander on V-CINN.
3: Tuesday edition of a numbers game. Sorry haters, no Gail Alexander's Matt Brown here for the next four days. Kelly Bidlin over here to my right. We're proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook coming to you from the D in downtown Las Vegas. Great show with us. Drew Densick gonna get gonna be on the phone with us. Kai McKeon from Three Man Weave talk some college basketball. We're gonna talk some soccer. The some champions! Grass hockey uh, here on the on the uh, show grass today. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk some grass hockey here on the show today as well. Paul Carr will be here to talk some of that. We're going to get into the final thoughts here of the Super Bowl as well. Hit on some of the, the big news from last night. And Kelly, I mean, I think the, the big news from last night, which I'm going to get your opinion. Of course, the esteemed host, one of the esteemed hosts of Hardwood Handicappers here on the network at VEASAN. But you know, Wimby goes triple double and one of the triples one of one of the doubles as part of the triple was
2: blocks.
4: Yeah.
3: First guy to do it since David Robinson first rookie to do it since David Robinson. You know, we're talking about a million years ago with all of this. But you know, listen It's because I want to ask you, is it because this team is so, so, so bad that we are not just completely losing our minds about Wimby and the fact that he is living up to every single thing that we thought that he was going to be coming into this? Because I have a group of friends and you probably have a group of friends who are you would consider sports fans, maybe not necessarily hardcore NBA fans, but but sports fans in general, they follow what's going on in the sports world. They're trying to keep up with everything across the board. So, you know, they don't sound stupid at the water cooler. and. I still hear things about when LeBron has a big night, and I still hear things about when Kevin Durant has a big night. And I still weirdly you know, they're they're kind of in that central time zone. So anytime Luca goes nuts, you know, I hear about Luca or the Luca Kyrie kind of one two punch there. But when Wemby when does something, unless it is something like this, and and even then I was the first person to bring it up and not the people in kind of the group yeah. chat and stuff. It's the first time we hear about it. Is it? Is it just because of the environment that he's in, where it's like limited minutes? The team is absolutely horrible, going nowhere. You even have Pop just literally talking about, yeah, we're not going to play him very much because we're not going. We're not any good this year. You know, I I'm just wondering because. With what we are seeing on the floor in these limited minutes and even in these losses over and over and over again is a kid that is living up to all of the hype that we talked about heading into the season.
4: Yeah, I think the uh, yes, I think you're exactly right. I think it's very comparable to to Luka Doncic, right? It's we want to see Luka have these crazy nights and and, and go off. He puts up these big numbers. But he's on the Mavericks, and we've seen, and, and different from Victor Wembanyama, we've seen this story over and over again, kind of in Luca's time there, where it's we're kind of rushing to give him an MVP award, but you're like, I can't give an MVP award to a guy who's on a near 500 team. And I, I, yes, I think that when Wemby first came in, those first few big games, right, like they were all the highlights in the fall. And we saw that. I think it's been the uh, the allure has kind of you know gone away a little bit of the of just, oh, I've never seen anything like this before. Now people have seen it for a little while. And, yeah, I think now it's, okay, well, there he's on a team that's really, really, really bad. And it, it, there's no chance of them making the playoffs. So I think sometimes it does get overlooked, but you see a game like last night, and it's it's insane. I mean, you're talking about numbers that nobody, you know, people haven't put, we're talking since the 90s with Olajuwon and David Robinson and what he did in that game last night. And, you know, At what point, I don't think it's if, it's when are we going to see a quadruple-double from this guy? Like, that is going to happen at some point. You, You look
3: at this, and I see this guy out here, and it's hard to even imagine how young he is what he has been dealing with over the last year and a half of yeah. like knowing you're going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA, knowing what the expectations are going to be for you, and then to go out and actually do it on the court, night in, night out. I just don't know if enough is really being made of it. And maybe it's because we heard about him for so long. And maybe it is because we just almost expected it, like you're even talking about with yeah. Luca with that. It's like, maybe we just almost expected it. But it's not easy it's not to easy. do this. Yeah. To keep I mean, doing it how many first round guys have come into the NBA and not been impactful in their first couple of seasons like grow into kind of the role instead this guy is a superstar from day one out there on the court and I just I don't know I I, I know in the bubble we talk about it but you don't hear it outside of the bubble you yeah, don't hear yeah. it from just a casual sports fan
4: I mean going back to one thing you said I think it's a scary thought that and I've agreed with this all along that pop has brought and the Spurs have brought him along slowly to mm-hmm. those minutes have increased as the season has gone on you know, like that is something they have been very vigilant of and, and I think it's the right thing right he is so young you don't want to screw this up early like he is used to play was used to playing in Europe playing less minutes per game you want to get him into uh, into that flow and really what's you don't want to burn him out early in his career when he's not surrounded by good pieces so I I, I respect what they're doing and because of that bad like is why I made you know this was three four weeks ago where I was hit I was hitting Chet Holmgren a couple yeah. times in rookie of the year because he's playing on a team that's battling for the number one seed in the western conference and now you look at those odds today and Wemby's out to minus 500 and it's hard to argue with, with the increased minutes he's putting up games like that last night like the stat lines are going to probably be overwhelming probably going to be overwhelming and i don't know if chet's going to stand a chance the super bowl was the most watched television broadcast of
3: all time this past year of this past Sunday 123.4 million people tuned in to watch the Super Bowl a 7% increase in the largest viewing audience of all time and you see this Kelly and I don't care what anybody says if you don't believe that there is a Taylor Swift effect to this then you've lost your mind because there were enough households that tuned in that were not sports fans at all because they're 12 year old 14 year old 15 year old daughter or even son. I mean, listen, she's popular amongst everyone. Let's not pretend that she's only popular amongst young amongst young females. Tuned into this game and get a 7% bump in what was going on. Because listen, sure, you had Mahomes and Kelsey on the Chiefs. It is is not a a hugely popular team on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good football team, but their quarterback is a no-name guy to the vast majority of people who aren't, again, in the sports bubble. Sure, Christian McCaffrey is known amongst sports people. It is not like he is an incredible superstar in just the sports world writ large. And then you go into all their role players. Most people couldn't pick Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle or Debo Samuel out of a lineup. And so, if you don't think that Taylor Swift had an effect on the fact that this was the most watched broadcast in history, I might in history, we just have to deal with it. We have to understand that the most popular human being on planet Earth decided to embrace the NFL. And Kelly, for me and you who make our living in sports i'm all for it i'm down the more eyeballs the better so mm-hmm. bring it on again hey guess what someone else start dating someone else can someone like start dating lady <laughs> gaga or something like let's get let's let's make a triumphant here of like, of all these like popular guys dating these superstars i mean i, I i'm down with it man
4: yeah it is ma- massive massive numbers what ratings wise you have, you have to go back to the moon landing right yeah. <laughs> that's you know number of people yeah. it's far exe- uh, exceeded you go back to ratings it's uh the moon landing literally this past super and the moon landing. Yeah, okay it's, it's just, I mean, come on. There is an effect here. Just call
3: a spade a spade. It is what it is. And we can move on. We don't have to be angry because they flip the camera to
4: someone who, again, is the most popular human on planet Earth. It's its going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. Y- you, know, I, you know, I knew I was, uh, I'm getting old, was when I was seeing the videos of them partying after the Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, that game was so long. Like, I'd be so exhausted after that. Like, I can't even imagine.
3: But then you'd see all those zeros in your bank account and realize, like, <laughs> You know, yeah, you know like, like, I, Throw expected, on a mask.
4: <laughs> I'm expected to party.
3: Yeah, like, like, I'm expected to party with all this. We also see that he's the most Super Bowl handle in Nevada history. $185.6 million. It was a 3.7% hold for a $6.8 million win for the books here in Nevada. Good on you to keep the lights on. I know we keep it going here in this great state. But again, the most wagered on a Super Bowl ever as well this week. I mean, it, it was just... It was overall, Kelly, to me, a massive win for Nevada slash Las Vegas, mainly Las Vegas. I mean, look, this isn't casino. This isn't the godfather. Michael Corleone isn't taking out Mo Green, and you're not landing airplanes on the fairway. At Las Vegas Country <laughs> Club, you know what I'm saying? Like This is a thriving metropolis, a sports hub here. We have 320 days of sunshine a year, 30 casinos up and down the strip, a dozen more, or two dozen more here downtown, 150,000 hotel rooms that book 46 million nights a year, world-class shows, whether you want Cirque, or you want comedy, or you want the weirdness of Absinthe and whatever, or you want to catch some live music with, by the way, world headliners just happening up and down the Strip every single night. Hundreds of restaurants that you can go to that you will never get food like that in the town that you live in. The best collection of nightlife that you will ever see as well. And if you want to get off the Strip, world class golf some of the best golf courses you'll ever play in your life there's there's hiking i mean i've done it a couple of times but they tell me it's amazing you know all of the all of the hiking the craziness and all I did of this. it once it is and oh yeah it's home to the world's largest sports book and some of the greatest viewing experiences of sports that you will ever get in your entire life no place on earth is more well equipped than las vegas to host the biggest event in all of sports and i want all of the haters out there that wrote all of the articles saying how what a disaster that this was going to be to come back hat in hand and say, you know what, I was wrong. Yeah, one light pole got knocked over and there was a couple of fist fights in the casinos. Guess where there's also fist fights in every bar in America every single week with when there's varying fan bases in there because fans are idiots when they get too many cocktails in them. So it was a massive, massive win for this city, for Las Vegas, for everything that went on, and I can't wait for the next one. And the next one's gonna be pretty soon.
4: Uh, Mike Palm said it on Sunday, I believe that he thought the Super Bowl should be here every one out of every three years yeah I think it should be something like that kind yeah. of rotation it was for, for for as as poorly handled as as the F1 might have been everything you just said a, a absolutely correct like it was a massive success here. Yes, there was a lot of people in town. Some stuff happened. For us living here, it might not have been extremely convenient, but it was way better than F1. And there was a lot of people having a really good time. I want to ask you about the handle when we come back. It it will be amazing. Listen, we're going
3: to talk more about just overall final thoughts here of the Super Bowl. Preview the AFC. We're going to talk about the NFC a little bit later as well. See if there's any bets actually to be made here this early on. It's a numbers game here on a Tuesday.
1: Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool.
0: Ski
2: slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. A numbers game on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Are you not a Vsin Pro subscriber quite yet? Do you want to come in and see what we all have going on over there? You can get in for $9.99. It's an introductory offer. You get that daily best bets email. You get access to the betting splits. You get the betting guide for March Madness that is coming up. You can get that again for just 999 VCN.com slash subscribe. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin in for Gil here. And uh, Kelly, a, a little bit of information coming in. The Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly as they had hoped for. It wasn't by accident. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told The Ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp Defensive lineman Chris Jones told the players were prepared for what to expect if Super Bowl went to overtime. We talked through it for two weeks, Jones said. How we were going to give the ball to the opponent, and if they score, we were going to go for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it.
4: Yeah. Your thoughts on the uh, the whole overtime ordeal? Uh, that was yes. We heard that from the Chiefs players, and then Kyle Youchek still uh, trying to figure out what's going on in overtime.
3: Yeah. It's. Um, so I think what you're you know, whether you believe them or not, we can, we're not going to have that debate because it's like, you know, whether they'd have gone for it or not, we don't know. But like, that's what they say they would have. Sure. I mean, that was instantly what instantly what Mahomes said afterwards. That is, now we're getting the Justin Reed, Chris, jo- all of them saying that. So the whole, we wanted the third possession thing is kind of like null and void. I, I don't think that that argument really plays out if you're the 49ers because, if you believe, again, that they were honestly going to to go for two because they didn't want to give the ball back to the 49ers. I kind of believe with the rule the way that it is, you want to be in control of whether you win or lose the Super Bowl. You know, because, I mean, you don't want to lose on a 58-yard field goal because then at that point, the next score would have won. Right. So, it's like, could you imagine – getting to overtime in the super bowl and you lose because a guy had like a 58 yard field goal and then like that's it
4: that's how you lose the super bowl like probably not you know it would suck it would yeah suck. yeah so you probably wanna, lo- you probably want the control of that i still love the rule change change though like i what also sucks is one team having the ball going down and scoring in the whole in the whole game's over like i i i loved the chaos of that honestly i really did i, I think it's a i think it's a great new uh rule that we've added
3: Let's ask uh, Drew Denzik what he thinks about it. You can find him over at NBC Sports Bet. You can find him on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper. Drew, uh, did you know the? Did you know all of the uh, the overtime rules? Were you a hundred percent apprised of how this was going to go down? Oh yeah,
2: without well, <laughs> no question. Um, you know you have to kind of be aware of them if you're betting playoff football <laughs> because the uh, amount of total points available in the overtime is now 22, <laughs> which changes the potential distribution of points scored in the playoffs and uh the fact that we had our first uh overtime game with new rules and we still didn't get a, a total over is kind of funny um but uh no it was uh uh that was it was an interesting uh you know to see how it played out and see the decision making of the coaches and um i know there's been a lot of criticism lobbed because people think they know pretty surely what the right thing to do is one way or the other and i think it's probably foolish to say that you have certainty that taking it or, uh, electing to kick would, was, is, is surely plus EV. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, it was probably a fine decision when it's all said and done. And I think the decision that's not really coming under much scrutiny, where I would have been a little bit more aggressive would have been on fourth and four electing for the short field goal there when you were driving pretty effectively on that Chiefs defense was pretty surprising. Um, you know, when, it, when you when you elect to kick the field goal in overtime to go up 22-19, you are putting a lot of faith on your defense to come up with a four-down stop. Um, you have taken, you know, and there's a lot of people who are using kind of conversation about, um, uh, you know, kind of... M- taking the decision into your own hands versus putting it in your opponent's blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, when you're up three and you hand your opponent the ball in a, uh, um, you know, in a sudden death scenario, you have determined, predetermined for them that they are in four down territory, which means your, your defense is going to need to come up with a four down stop before allowing their opponent, uh, to get a field goal. Try. Um, and while that was generally successful for the Niners, for a lot of the balance of the game, they were excellent defense in the red zone for, uh, you know, for most, most of that contest, um, you are forcing your opponent to go for it on fourth down. Whereas if you, if you go for it on fourth down, do not convert, you have the chiefs relatively pinned. And you have the chiefs in a defensive position where they're not going to go for it on fourth down the fourth and one that they converted with the Pat Mahomes scramble, uh, that really kind of, uh, you know, kind of got that drive going. Um, that doesn't happen. The chiefs punt there. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, it's a little, um, You know kind of lost in the the you know looking back and you know knowing what happened in hindsight but um you know i i I would have expected that as successful as you had been on that drive uh against that chief's defense that going forward on fourth and four would not have been out of the question at all and you know, Shanahan is If you have confidence in the plays you have cooked up, uh, you know, you don't have the play that you need to get those four yards to set up a a goal to go opportunity. Then, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you're, you know, I I don't really know what else you expected. So, uh, I'm a bitter Niners backer here. So (laughs) there's, there's a lot of, um, coulda, shoulda, woulda about this game. Um, you know, the, the overtime period itself was, uh, you know that the the, the, th- the third down play in particular um, was painful. Uh, <laughs> the, before the field goal attempt, um, you know, as you go into regulation, the. You know kind of the decision making around the two minute warning uh and you know really the key play uh on third down uh, on third down out of the two minute warning will will haunt me and kyle and everyone else who is <laughs> you know pretty pretty hopeful the niners were going to win in this one so um yeah i mean it uh that there were somewhere in the ballpark of eight self-inflicted wounds by the Niners in this game that made it closer than it should have. And uh, if you kind of play a cleaner game from start to finish here, it's a multiple score win for the Niners and the chiefs don't really have the opportunity to give Mahomes the, uh, the chance to steal, um, you know, to steal the win. And uh, because of the, you know, self inflicted wounds. It's uh it's a game and Mahomes can be the hero and uh you know history was written that way. So it's uh it was a tough outcome altogether, but uh, you can't really ask for a more entertaining football game, I don't think.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean listen, even though I was on the, the chief side of things, I actually came out of this game I was just, I was at least happy that it wasn't one of the things where we could just sit there and then point and go, like, well, Purdy's, uh, Purdy, there it is. The game's too big for Purdy. And that's the reason why I, I'm actually glad sure. we come out of it. And it's not just like, oh, everything was Purdy's fault. And then all the narratives leading in just played exactly out that the game was too big for him and he was getting away with stuff all season long. And all those turnover worthy plays were going to come back to haunt him in the Super Bowl against his Chiefs vaunted defense. And all that. So I'm actually kind of glad even though you know it's it's it it, other factors did play into it special teams of course and all that that they went awry but i'm I'm glad that there wasn't just like one scapegoat here for this game because like you said i think it would have taken away from it a little
2: bit i could not agree with you more uh if the discourse coming out of it was all about brock purdy i would have been pretty disappointed um the uh the the actual kind of crazy thing, and I'm sure this has been covered. You guys may have even already talked about it, but um the Chiefs' ability to recover fumbles in these two Super Bowls against the Niners is kind of an absurd. <laughs> the fumble <laughs> recovery stuff. I, I mean, maybe we don't really uh, you know, kind of properly um kind of treat fumble luck at, you know, maybe we are treating it as luck when it's not really. Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, obviously one of the things that made Brady and, uh, the Belichick run so effective was they just never lost fumbles. Um, but, uh, you know, the chiefs having, five fumbles and recovery you know, having What was it? They had six fumbles and they recovered five of them uh, and the Niners having two and losing both uh, is pretty unbelievable. And uh, you know, those two lost fumbles swung at least 10 points in this game for the Niners, if not uh, 14, uh, whereas the Chiefs lost fumbles, you know, that took points off the boards for them surely, but the ones that they recovered uh, were monumentally huge. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird fluky game ultimately. And I, I I think if you want to just kind of say, well, was there one handicapping angle that uh, kind of stood above the rest that uh, people should have kind of seen coming or, you know, as I reflect on it, what I should have seen coming. And I guess I I was a little bit um, quick to, dismiss the impact of experience for the Chiefs you know the fact that these guys played in this game last year as a group the fact that Mahomes has played in as many super, you know many high leverage games and as many high leverage moments as possible and has has done so well in this moments i think was was pretty telling and i don't think that's a you know kind of a false narrative there so you know ultimately the Chiefs being the more experienced team and having less uh, kind of you know mistakes and and being less rattled and and being more cool in the in the high leverage moments i mean i think all that made made the difference in the end all
3: right drew we got about 30 seconds here 49ers open as the favorite for next year the chiefs right right behind them and then a pretty big gap to the ravens and the bills and the lions rightfully so in the niners and chiefs i mean does it look like they're gonna be the best two teams in your opinion
2: i i'm fine with that but i also think that the road to back to the Super Bowl is probably easier for the Chiefs than the Niners uh, at this point. And I know the AFC is pretty, uh, you know, is pretty stacked with elite quarterbacks. But uh, I think the fact that the Packers and the Rams come back into the mix here with, you know, even better uh, and the Cowboys are still a factor makes it, it's going to make it tough for the Niners to get back to the Chiefs, in my opinion.
3: Find him over at NBC Sportsbet on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper. He is Drew Densick. Thanks for the time this morning, my man.
2: Hey, best of luck, guys.
3: Come back to Talk a little bit more about the AFC and some NFC preview as well.
0: At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
2: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game
3: with Gil Alexander on V-CIN. Hour number two of a numbers game here on a Tuesday. Matt Brown in for Gil. Kelly Bidlin here on the desk with me. Kelly, we talked a lot of Super Bowl stuff here. We conveniently didn't talk the waste management where a fifth straight Triple digit winner has emerged on tour and it has been a, 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 and not the greatest
4: uh, golf season so far. Yeah. uh, Not ideal. Not (laughs) ideal. Long shots coming at you later today. Uh, (laughs) It has not been a great start. Yeah. uh, I actually was so jealous. Like, you know, peel back the curtain. We did long shots last week. I knew Wes hit one. I didn't know we hit that second one, and it is a hey, we're we're at the point where it's t- it's time for us to get off the Schneid, you know. Like I need I need a, I need a winner, man. I need to put some put some positive uh, in that betting account. Well, it's like you know we load the card this week with the triple digit guy, and
3: like the. One of the f- three favorites is going to win like this. That's what it is. Yeah, It's going it's it's to flip on us because that's where the golf gods have been going for us so far this year. It's been unfair. Five straight triple digit winners. The crowd getting way out of control over there. Zach Johnson having to scream at people all of that
4: uh, we're gonna have to spend a minute on that next segment yeah. i don't want to make kai wait any no. longer but there's uh I, like that's such a fine line there like what did we never think this was ever going to be a problem one of these years let's encourage people to go get blackout drunk
3: and then get mad at them when they do exactly just, just yes, that like, exactly. that's the thing that we should definitely do all right let's talk to three man weaves kai McKeon and some college basketball here kai thanks for the time man hey guys how's it going Doing well, doing well. It is obviously the transition from football for most people out there. There are a lot of people who can really only handle betting one sport at a time. And, you know, that's kind of me because I'm so inside the the bubble when it comes to all the NFL stuff. And so people are moving out and branching out. Of course, March Madness coming to us here fairly soon. So great time to have you on to kind of reset people on what's been going on in the college basketball landscape and, and where they can kind of go as we head into March Madness. So my first question to you really is, is there a team that is, in your opinion, head and shoulders above the rest, or would it be kind of a couple of teams, a handful of teams, or do you think this is like last year, I remember talking to you where it was like, I don't really love any team that much more than any of the others.
5: Yeah, I think it's probably the biggest group of title contenders that I can remember at the top of the country. I think there's maybe seven, eight teams that I could see winning the title. And, that, and that's rare. Usually you get right three or four teams by this point, especially in mid-February, where you feel fairly confident. This season, I think it's pretty wide open. And that's going to make for an awesome NCAA tournament. In, in my opinion, Arizona, for me, is still the best team in the country at their top gear. But again, lots of different teams, I think, can win it this season. Is there a team that, as you
3: have watched over the course of the season, that you kind of just started to fall in love with? I don't know. Maybe that team is Arizona. Maybe you weren't high on them heading into the season. But is there any team that you were a lukewarm on, and then as you continue to watch more and see what they were doing on the court, you're like, you know what? I don't think this is a team. Maybe I overlooked a little bit.
5: Yeah, I mean, North Carolina was a team I was down on coming into the year. I'll be honest, um, I, I don't. I think Hubert Davis is a fantastic coach. I, I thought that'd be a huge problem for them, but the talent has really won out in North Carolina and he has done a bad job this season, relatively speaking. But RJ Davis is the reason why they've been so good this year. He's really evolved into an all-American point guard. He, he's really led the team. Baycott's been Baycott and then they've really hit on transfers. Harrison Ingram, uh, Cormac Ryan, they've been really, really good for this team as well as their reclass transfer LA could do. So North Carolina was a team that I, I knew had talent, I doubted the coaching, but the talent has really shown out so far this year.
3: Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a team that is like completely disappointing. But is there a team that you had targeted as a team that you definitely liked that maybe has wet the bed a little bit along the
5: way? There's a few of those teams. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Michigan, (laughs) if I'm being honest, Michigan was a team I, I expected to have a good season. I really liked they brought in with Kamwa, uh, Olivier Kamwa from Tennessee. Terrace Reed was a guy that I thought would take a huge leap as a sophomore. I like Doug McDaniel, a sophomore point guard who's not allowed to play in road games right now for whatever reason, not sure why, Uh, but they've really tanked. it, And it's been in the media quite a bit, but yeah, the coaching situation is strange with Martelli and Howard going back and forth. Uh, Michigan's a team that's really disappointed me this year.
3: Kai, We see a bunch of these SEC teams that are kind of. And when we look at the, the betting odds, Tennessee eleven to one to win it all, Auburn at eighteen, Alabama twenty two, Kentucky at twenty five. What do you think of the conference overall this year? And do you do you think that any of those teams has the makeup that you're looking for as a team that could that could take it all the way?
5: Yeah, really good league. Obviously, I, I think Tennessee is probably the front runner if you're going to make me choose one. Uh, the difference between this year's Tennessee team and past years and I've said this a few times on other places, but their offense is actually very good this season. It's one of Rick Barnes' best offenses ever, um, certainly at Tennessee. And, and then a big reason why is Dalton Connect. Their, their transfer from North, Northern Colorado has been fantastic. Can score 30 on any given night. Uh, he's an All-American. They're playing faster. They're not their typical Tennessee team that plays in the half court. They're playing in transition. And I think that extra offensive boost will help them in the NCAA tournament, whereas in the past, they could stagnate a bit. The defense is still there. So Tennessee, I think, of that group, is my favorite to win the title.
3: All right, Kai, there's people that are, we said, coming in from the NFL. Again, talking to three men, weaves Kai McKee in here. If you're coming in from the NFL, they want to have a – bigger ticket in their account they, they say you know what kai you can tell me uconn's the best team or Purdue's the best team all you want or houston i don't want a 650 in my account i don't want a 950 in my account so what's a team that you think you know again if you hit the right if you if you get the right run if you kind of peak at the right time is there some middling team out there that maybe someone could tuck into their account and, and feel pretty good about come tournament time
5: I mean, I still think FAU is a team to look at. I, uh, they're probably 50 to one. I, I haven't checked in a while, but we've seen them do it before. They have essentially the same team as last year. I, I think they've taken the foot off the gas a little bit in conference play. They're still nine and two in the in the American, but it seems like they've been a bit complacent being the favorite all of a sudden in that league. But a team I really like is Indiana State. Not so much to win the title, but I think they can make a run to the final four. Um, I, I put in a future the other day on them to make the final four. This team is awesome. They have the makeup of like a of Chicago, like a FAU of old, um, just awesome guards, great coaching. And then Robbie Avila, he's going to be the national star uh, if they make a deep run in the tournament. I am going to put an Indiana, because see,
3: sometimes you ask questions for personal reasons. <laughs> so that's not just for the audience out there, Kelly. And yeah. so like, you know, I asked, was maybe asking that was like, you know, so that you do the whole like, you know, asking for a friend right, when a so, friend is actually. So you wrote you.
4: down Indiana State and yeah. I wrote down FAU because I'm going back to my Owls again this year. Uh, Kyle, right. yeah. let's roll seventy to one. Let's I'm seeing roll. them right now. Well, guess what? I'm going
3: to yeah. so so put in both. So guess I'm going to put in both. So how you like that? I'm going to put in both in the account. All right, so let's talk about some action that you are on here tonight. Uh, you liking some Boston College?
5: I like Boston College. Yeah, Uh, man. Louisville's been competitive the last few games. I'll I'll be honest, but they're down to eight scholarship players now. Uh, Sky Clark, I think he was announced that he might be out for the season. um, Definitely this game. And they just beat Florida State without him in the lineup. But I think it's going to catch up with them. The lack of depth. Their only consistent scoring avenue is the free throw line. Boston College has a really good job of defending without fouling. And I think on the other end of the floor, BC gets whatever they want against Louisville's defense. So I like BC. They're around minus nine right now, minus eight and a half in the market.
3: And then let's head down to Ole Miss and Kentucky. Kentucky currently eight and a half point favorites there over Ole Miss. But I don't
5: think that's the angle you're looking at. I like the over here. Uh, Kentucky, the best over team in the country this season, 18 and five to the over eight and two in the SEC play four straight overs and really the books aren't inflating these lines. Uh, I think Kim Palm's line today is even higher than the market right now. And they just go, they have a perfect formula. They score easily. They're not a good defensive team and they run. And I think Ole Miss will, will play with tempo in this game. Their offensive tempo is not slow this season. They're playing fast. Um, it's a defensive end. They're kind of slowing teams down that deflates their possessions in their games. I don't think they can keep Kentucky out of transition. So I think this one ends up being high possession, especially at Kentucky um, and Ole Miss's offense is solid. They should put up points against Kentucky's defense. So I like the over here. I'm seeing, yeah, 161 and a half or I believe. Yeah, I, I I like the over.
3: All right, Kai, before we let you go, we know these people are kind of going to swoop in. They're going to parachute in. They're either going to bet the top of the odds mm-hmm. board or they're going to bet, you know, one of the blue bloods when it all comes down to it to, to win the yeah. national title. What's the team they should fade of those? What is the team like, hey, man, I am not bought in on this team. I, you, this is the one I would not actually put in the account.
5: Oh, man, man. What, if this hits, I'm going to be uh, embarrassed <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would stay away from teams that really lack uh, on the defensive end. Uh, Alabama, the number one team and uh, offensive team in the country this year in Kempom, they're 76 in defense. Those type of teams typically do not win in March. Miami has been an outlier the last couple of years, making making runs of the final four. But gener- generally, you have to be good on both ends of the floor. If you're an outlier on one end or the other, it doesn't end well. I think Alabama's a team that doesn't get there this year. You can find him in all his work at Three Man Weave. He is Kai and Kai, thanks for your time this morning, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks,
3: guys. Have a good one. I saw you writing down. I was writing down. We were scribbling down things over here. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a bet for old Matt over here. Yeah, writing two different teams down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, when you when you are just. Deep in DVOA and 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 EPA and all this stuff for like six and a half months and all these things. like it's refreshing to hear. You know what? Throwing something on Indiana, saying, I'm like, you know what, buddy? I will. I'm yeah. going to do that.
4: Been a lot of MBA for me mixed in there too. Yeah. So uh, you you know even just period regular season college basketball is not going to get seen a lot. But if hey if I have a seventy to one ticket rolling into the tournament, let's go. That's uh, that's what we're looking to do here over the next uh, 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 month.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty glad about that. So as we as we go to break, we were talking about a little bit about the Waste Management management, and just things getting out of control there. I saw the statistics, and it's like, over the last three years, the amount of arrests and ejections and, in like, 86s, where literally you can't come back ever again, has tripled over the last three years it is a thing where people just want to go down there and get hammered, Kelly. They don't care about the golf. They don't care about the golf, and I don't know if that's a horrible thing, but, you know, it just, it's, that's the tournament.
4: I would just tell... I, I, there's, it, it, I don't want to say we're overreacting. We're overreacting a little bit, though, and wet, like random weather had to do with this, where there were stories about groups of dudes going straight from the bars to the gates to wait yeah. for them to open in the morning. Like, this is why these things happen. I'll put it this
3: way. It's one tournament a year that this happens. If you don't to, if you don't like it, don't go play it. Yes. It's Zach, just gotcha. kinda one of those deals. Let's talk some NBA MVP when we come back.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.